I am Linda. And I'm Sarah. I'm a boomer mom. I'm a millennial daughter. And we're here to talk about relationships. All kinds of relationships. So without further ado, let's, let's get, get relational. relational. Hey, welcome to another episode of Let's Get Relational. Today, we're talking about confidence and courage. Oh, yes. Both of which are things that you do not just pop out of the womb with. That's that's just not how that stuff works. You don't, you know, come into this world and be like, yeah, I'm confident. I'm the bomb. That's that's not what happens. If anyone tells you that, they're lying. <laughs> Straight up. Um, it's it's a thing that uh, it, it's something that you can learn. It's it's not a thing that just happens naturally. It's something that someone has to instill in you that you can instill within yourself, um, which is not something that everyone really talks about. It's just like, oh, you're confident, like you were just born that way, you know? But no, that's not how that works, for realsies. <laughs> right, so if you're a parent, one of the things you wanna look at is how you are instilling confidence in your child. Are you a helicopter parent? Are you letting them make mistakes? Are you letting them fall flat on your face? That doesn't build confidence either. Fall flat on their face. You said your face. Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, are, are you letting them fall flat on their face? Um, <laughs> so fun working together some days. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So anyway. Mm. Uh, just really look at, if you're the parent, what you're doing to help your child be more courageous and have more confidence. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Sarah was raised in an atmosphere of being able to make mistakes, to be able to fall down. She would experiment with crying to see what would get the most attention. And we would just automatically just say, oh, you're okay. And when she wasn't okay, we would bundle her up and hold her and make sure that she felt secure and loved. From the time she was an infant, uh, my philosophy was, if she was unhappy, I wasn't waiting for some other person who was holding her at the time to, to settle her down. No, she went right back to one of us uh, because that's what helped her be a much more confident child um, and baby because she knew that if she was unhappy wherever she was, she was going to get taken care of. Now, that's not to say we became helicopter parents and just like we're trying to make sure we uh, monitor her every move. Not at all. What was really important was from a, a fairly young age to allow her to make some of her own decisions and to see what the um, uh, consequences of those decisions would be. And yes. then in, uh, when she was thinking about going to college, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to take her to some really huge universities, which some kids really like, yep. but I really didn't think that was going to be her thing. Which it was not. Nope. Right. <laughs> uh, and then she to take right. her some, to some more prestigious, smaller universities mm -hmm. Uh, that, that I thought would have been much better um, suited to her. And uh, she was at a, a stage in her academics in high school um, where she had to make some decisions about how hard she was gonna work. And we said, I said to her, you can go to any of these schools and get in easily if that's what you want and you don't have to work super hard. Or if you really think this is the place that's gonna be the best for you for your education, you're gonna have to work a little harder. You'll have to do a little bit better on your um, SATs and ACTs and a little bit better in your uh, uh, school grades. And it's totally up to you. I'm not attached to the outcome. That was a big one for me. And parents, those of you who are attached to the outcome of how your kid looks and how they um, are gonna reflect on you, you are gonna have a problem with this. Uh, but I encourage you to dig deep into that 
issue because it's not your issue. Now, on the other side, if you are a young person, if you're an adult and you don't have a lot of confidence and courage, take a look at what happened for you growing up. You know, were you constantly ridiculed? Were you um, made to feel like you weren't enough? You know, what was it that was going on for you? Yeah, and like the thing is too, um, even though I was raised in an environment where I could feel really comfortable and safe, that still doesn't mean like I don't get uncomfy. Um, you know, I still get embarrassed. I still get uncomfortable. I still, you know, um, uh, like, uh, make, I still make mistakes. Like what? that's, oh, I know. Right. <laughs> I still make mistakes. Actually, we were just talking and it reminded me of, oh my God. So I've been, I've basically been a goody two shoes for most of my life. I pretty much just follow the rules as generally my thing. The one time that I don't is at this writing and thinking camp that I went to. That is actually what brought me to go to the school, that the college that I did go to. It changed her entire life oh, yeah. about thinking and learning. Yeah, it was it was so great to go. But funny thing that happened. So there was this uh, a group of us got together and we were it was normal teenage antics, right? I'm not going to go into details because that's like. No, I no, I don't no. I'm gonna embarrass myself over on a podcast and I don't wanna do that right now. But basically, regular teenage antics, it wasn't that bad. There was like some some lights were involved, don't ask me how. Um <laughs> but it was all like consensual. It was pretty much like four girls and watching this one guy like like be a weirdo, basically. But we ended up getting seen and noticed by a couple of other people that thought it was completely not consensual and that we were forcing this guy to do this thing. There was some body painting. perform. Perform and there was some body painting involved as well. Uh, again, don't ask me how. <laughs> and, and honestly, as the parent hearing about this later, it was pretty G-rated. Yeah, it, it was It was nothing like weird. There was nothing like sexual going on. It was none of that. It was just he was just... I wanted to explore things and we were there to help him out as, as like me and three other girls, but other people saw it as completely not consensual, super uncomfortable experience when told like the, the supervisors basically. And then they just came in and like railed on us all, like basically told us that we were going to go to juvie. <laughs> it was awful. And I called her and I was sobbing. And I left the camp and actually spent a night um, at a, a friend's house because uh, we were nearby and she, that's where she was staying. But um, so I like I left because I was so uncomfortable and so upset because the one time I decided to get a little on the wild side, like I immediately got severely punished for it. But the funny thing was that the, they realized like the, the, the adults, the supervisors that were like, you're going to go to juvie for this. Realized that they actually fucked up and totally overreacted. And then we all went out for ice cream. Still didn't mean I forgave them, though. But <laughs> what was the interesting thing was, you know, the parents had to talk to the director of the program. And, and my concern was more about their reaction and how they dealt with the kids. And mm -hmm. um, so I was very clear about that. Because I kept coming back to, and what's the problem here? And why did you react in that way? And I understand. I've directed camps. I've been in charge of, of um, kids' organizations. I understand that feeling of it's going to reflect on the organization, but you have to really look at how you're reacting. And so uh, if you're raising a child also, 
you know, just take, take a minute and check in with yourself about what it is that you're upset about. Uh, is it the way it's going to reflect on you? Is it something that's really inappropriate? And, and is there a way in a calm way you can explain that that's not okay? Um, and in this case, they did realize they overreacted, but it was pretty traumatizing for this kid who always tried to do the right thing. You know, she was all very, always very verbal and wanted to say what she felt and all of that, but she wasn't a big um, acting out kind of person. No. Um, and so for her to do something that she felt like was within the parameters of what everybody was in agreement with. Oh yeah, there um, was like, there was total, no one was uncomfy. Like all of us that were like chilling were having a good time. But it was like other people that didn't communicate yeah. with us and ask us any questions about what was going on. They going on. They just assumed what was going on and completely. And because they were like a you know young teenagers, like we were, that they their assumptions were wrong. But those are the ones that the adults believe because we were told on, and therefore we were the ones that were in trouble and punishable. Well, the interesting thing there, as as I wonder what was going on for those kids who didn't actually come to all of you and say, this is making us uncomfortable. Can we yeah. talk about this? They went right to the supervisors. So, you, you know, different levels of confidence, different levels of courage there. I thought it was really courageous for the kids to do uh, what they did in terms of being um, articulate about how they felt about it. I thought it was courageous of you to say, I need a break. Um, ah. I need to come stay with our friend um, and get a night away. They didn't want me to leave. Like the supervisors were like, are you sure? Like, you don't have to go. I'm like, no, you made me so uncomfortable and upset. I don't want to see your faces right now. I'm leaving. Well, so. and in some situations, adults try to shame kids into staying with something. And oh, yeah. um, I, I really have an issue with that. That happened once with, with one of Sarah's brothers on a, a, a soccer field. And uh, he had asthma and was really struggling to breathe. And it was super, super cold out. And he was little. And, um, and the... Uh, I ended up having to carry him off the field because he just couldn't function. And the coaches really did a weird number on the team about how brave it was for people to stay out there. And, uh, you know, it's not worth risking your health for those kinds of things, emotionally or physically. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're in coaching situations, there's a difference between getting people to stick it out and getting people to stick it out in such a way that it's going to harm them. And um, so in this case, she needed a little mommy time. She needed a little adult friend time. There were you know, other people in her life that were yeah. there to be support. And um, it made a huge difference in helping her get her confidence and her courage back. It didn't destroy her, in other words. Like yeah. that could have destroyed some young people. It could have. And what was really good is like when I, we were all told that we had to call our parents and explain what happened. So the entire time I was on the phone with her, she, she was, she was like actually kind of giggling because she was like, what the fuck is the problem here? Like, I don't see anything that you did wrong. Like, I don't understand like, what are, you, what are you talking about? That's what they told you? Are you serious? I was out to do my friends. I'm like, and? Yeah, and? yeah. Like, and like, what's the deal? And she and she had told our, uh, our family friends, and they were also just kind of like, what? Like, yeah. totally confused. Like, wasn't a big deal. But because the, the supervisors of this camp had made it such a big deal that it, was so, that it was very traumatic for me. But getting a break from that, knowing that I needed a break from that, um, really helped. And so I could come back and like finish out the camp because there's only like a couple of days left or something. But well, and it's and it speaks to her confidence um, and her ability to say what she needs um, mm -hmm. and, and her ability to come back after she got what she needed. So I think that's one of the things that you want to look at if you are a parent raising a child. If you're already an adult or if you're an older teenager and you're listening or watching this, 
you want to look at those things that um, really stand out for you about how your confidence and courage was supported growing up. And then you want to look at the places where it wasn't supported. And so you don't feel the confidence and courage you want in your life. You know, do you have social anxiety? Are you afraid of other people? Are you afraid of other people's opinions? I, we've worked with a number of people who are in that position who just lack basic self-confidence. Um, they might be super confident in this one small area of their life, like what they do for their job. Mm -hmm. Like they're a genius at their job, but they can't talk to anybody else they work with. They can't um, go out on a date. They're just socially awkward. So you, know, you want to look at those kinds of things and you can retrain your brain. You can um, overcome social anxiety. You can overcome um, feeling the lack of courage and the lack of confidence to really thrive in the world. And it's small little things you can do to train your brain. You can tell yourself that you're going to do something and then follow through and do it. And you start training your brain to know that you're in control. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that your subconscious isn't in control. You are consciously taking control of your thoughts and your actions and you're making choices. And the, the important thing is being willing to make mistakes. Case in point of my little story right. <laughs> of like, you know, and it's going into college. Like, I think actually that kind of helped my college experience. I think so too. Um, because, uh, like the school that I went to, um, you could call it hippy dippy if, if you, if you will, the program, um, that it was much more free form and that what we were able to do. And, uh, there were some rule bending a little, possibly a little, maybe, <laughs> Um, but it was all within the guise of like everyone wanting to be safe and still be comfortable though. That like, that's the key thing here. We were really big, the everyone, like there were many, many talks about like consent and being safe and being comfortable and like you should never ever pressure anybody to do anything. Um, so like that was the kind of environment I was in. Um, but for that, like having that experience of sort of bending the rules, I guess, and in quotes here. Um, uh, to go into college where it, I was much more comfortable in situations where like probably like mini me would have been like, oh my God, you're doing that? Like, it's just like, whatever I get to, I want to have this experience. And if I don't like it, that's okay. If I regret it later, also okay. That's the whole point of making mistakes and growing and, you know, the, uh, becoming an adult, I guess. Well, the good thing so. about your hippy dippy college experience was that everything was um, geared around uh, consent and being clear communicators yep. um, and um, and taking steps so that people felt comfortable. Yeah. Um, so that people could feel socially comfortable. So people could say, "Hey, I have Asperger's. I have some issues. Yeah. Um, can um, you help me out with these things?" And I've had people in my life do that also, and that's that's kind of miraculous when somebody says, "I don't get social cues. Will you help me um, in this?" I think yeah. that's incredibly courageous and brave. And there are a lot of discussion, and also uh, there were a lot of discussions like per like each dorm floor of what rules were were available. Like, um, you know, whether the bathrooms were going to be specifically like for um, people who didn't identify as men, but most of our bathrooms were gender neutral slash coed. I think all of them were coed actually. Where it just like it doesn't matter. It's just it's a toilet and a couple of showers. You go where you want to go, kind of deal. Um, and like by senior year, they actually were allowing like, like roommates to be of opposite genders or kind of deal. So it was, but like each floor, floor had their own rules for, you know, whether you're like, just, just for things.
that you could talk about. I don't, I'm like trying not to go in like really specifics here, um, but it is a college, I, you can guess. Um, well, well the, but I think the thing that's important here is a lot of um, college experiences are not like that. No, there's there's not this dem democracy, basically, right. of like voting for what you want, coming up with options, and as an, a group of people deciding on what everyone is comfortable with. And the thing is that if anyone felt uncomfortable and blocked it, it wasn't happening. Right. Like, it was just not happening. Um, I had to have full agreement on these yes. things. So what she learned a lot about was... Um, getting to agreement, not um, majority wins. Yeah. Because uh, majority doesn't win in that kind of, of living situation and no. that collective experience. And so you want to look at that in your life. Are you, um, are you trying to win in your life? Are you trying to lord it over someone? Is that the way you're getting kind of a false confidence or a false courage? Um, are you courageous enough to have the hard conversations? Yeah. And she told me about some of the conversations they would have um, in their living situation. And I was really impressed. And I went to a very small women's college, and we had a lot of that same thing. Um, it, it was uh, our college was not uh, organized the way hers was, but there was a lot of freedom in it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and and the the emphasis was on the thinking process and and discovery. Like, who yeah. are you? What do you think? How can you yeah. express it? And that's a lot of what I think happened for you in college is you learn to express. And in that other program before you went to college, yeah, um, was the same thing. Is is like how do you know what you think and how do you express it? So courage and confidence, I think, comes a lot from knowing yourself and yeah. knowing who you are, knowing what you believe, and being willing to entertain other possibilities. Mm -hmm. I love learning from other people. I don't think the same way as everybody that I hang out with. Uh, I am not totally divergent on political issues, especially during these times. I am much more uh, in alignment with certain kinds of, of more liberal philosophies, honestly. I, that, that just is what works for me. But I am not um, someone who's going to scream at other people for their opinion. If someone can like have a conversation with me, I welcome that. Um, I don't welcome things like people telling me what to think and telling me I'm stupid and those kinds of things. And a lot of that kind of stuff has happened during these these crazy turbulent times in the last couple of years, particularly. So courage and confidence comes from being willing to make mistakes, yep. training your brain to try new things. Stepping out into uncomfortable situations. Like, but that's really important. It is. Finding that today, we, um, we're in a program, um, oh. and, and Sarah, much as she, you can see on the camera, she enjoys uh, performing. Um, she, I asked her to uh, post a picture in the Facebook group of this group that we're learning from and just say thank you for the um, gift card that they had sent us and show a picture of, of what she had gotten. She's like, I don't like social media. I don't do social media. It's I don't like, ever post anything on social media. Well, I should say that I don't really ever post anything on social media. But um, so I was really uncomfy. I was like, I don't really want to take this picture. I don't. There was a lot of resistance there. But like, I did post it, and I did add my own little flair to it, so it felt, you know, less uncomfy. Um, but well, I did it. Yeah, and just practicing doing it. I, I, there's, there, that's a little thing uh -huh. for a lot of us. But one of the things we realized is the more we've done these videos and the more we're posting on social media, uh, the more comfortable we're getting being seen. And mm -hmm. that is one of the biggest ones, I have to tell you. Um, being willing to be seen for who you are and rejected in case people don't like who you are. Mm -hmm. And I, I uh, was studying with someone once who said that her father told her, if, if the audience didn't like her program, not to change her program, but to go find the audience that loved what she was offering. 
And yeah. that's, that's such a beautiful thing. It's like if the people around you are rejecting you because mm -hmm. you're too wild for them, you, uh, you're too much for them in whatever way, mm -hmm. find your people. Those yeah. are not your people. Yeah, you don't have to fit into anyone else's box if it makes you uncomfortable. Um, like that's really something that I had to learn because I make people uncomfortable a lot. Uh, I'm I again like I'm I'm pretty loud. I can be pretty sarcastic, um, and some people get really uncomfortable with that and don't really want to be around that. So I just like don't engage with those people, and then they're happier with me, and I'm like, cool, whatever. I don't need to spend time with you. <laughs> um, and so like, I totally get that I am not everyone's cup of tea. And so I am unwilling to fit into someone else's box if it goes against who I am as a person, because that's like trying to cut off chunks of myself. And I refuse to do that because that's painful and that hurts me more than it hurts them. Actually, that doesn't even hurt them at all. That benefits them, doesn't benefit me. So I'm not doing that. Um, but that that's part of, um, like what, the, I guess the kind of philosophy that I follow of, you know, I'm going to be myself. That doesn't mean I'm never going to change. I, I do change that if someone of one of the people dear to me, you know, says that I have a sort of a problematic behavior or they have an issue with something that I've done. Um, I am happy and willing to have a conversation about that because I, I value their friendship and I uh, value the relationship that I have with them. So I wanna make sure that continues. And so I will dedicate myself to fixing whatever that issue is with them. Um, but if there's someone like a random person on the street or like who I barely know, it is like, oh, you need to change this or you need to change this. I'm gonna be like, no, thank you for your opinion. It was completely unwanted. So actually, never mind. I take the thank you back. You can go on your <laughs> way now. Um, because it's just, that's not fair to myself. And that's not being true to myself and who I want to be. I want to be authentically me. And if that drives people away, honestly, good. Because that means that they weren't good would be good for me in, in the long run anyway. So that's how I, I see it. That it's just, it's the courage to continue throughout my life just being me and the people who like me and for all of who I am and want to accept me for all of, all of who I am will flock to me. And the ones who don't, We'll run away into the hills and that's cool i saw a meme long time ago about you know, you've got to shine your weird lighthouse so that the other weirdos can find you exactly and and i you know there there are people i like hanging out with who i have to behave in a certain way with and i'm okay with that mm -hmm. um because i i can re respect social cues and and i like to have a, a big group of people that i can um be social with here and there uh, but my closest friends are going to embrace who i am um, and not make me feel less than for being that person. And uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, I, yeah. I feel like I've done a lot of work to get comfortable and to be confident and to have courage. And um, one of the things I wanna say is you have to embrace the idea of being uncomfortable. And this was the hardest thing for me. I was, a couple of times in my life, I've been on this like huge trajectory of learning, of personal growth, of, of really, uh, trying to heal the things that have happened in, in my uh, younger childhood uh, because sometimes those things just come up again and again um, to just for another layer to be healed and for me I I was so uncomfortable that it was almost hard to stay doing it and I was just saying to Sarah the other day we're, we're going through some learning growth of some things that we're learning to do and I said oh I just feel like we're just slogging up this mountain of learning 
But today, I, I just realized we're slogging up this mountain. It just feels really, really hard. Not like we're drifting back, but really hard. Like we're carrying a thousand pounds of weight behind us. So, but I feel like once we can see that mountaintop, it's going to be such a beautiful thing. We're going to feel yeah. inspired more. And like right now, we're still not quite seeing the mountaintop. I um, I climbed Mount St. Helens years ago. And and this may be true of all mountains. I have not climbed a lot of mountains. But there are lots of false uh, peaks. Like, oh, I think we're almost there. Nope. <laughs> oh, I think we're almost there. Nope. And it's like, and it, you know, it's 12 hours of, of an experience. Uh, and... And every time you thought you were there, that you thought it was the summit, it's like, nope, another few hours. <laughs> it was so demoralizing. I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. But now I just recognize that that's part of life. Mm -hmm. And um, so I do whatever I need to do to get the resources inside of me to keep going for the journey. I do what I need to do to um, embrace the discomfort, to embrace the not knowing mm -hmm. um, and get super comfortable inside myself. And I realized that that takes a lot of work and a lot of maintenance. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, I don't, I'm not, uh, I can't go out and be social every day of the week. I, I have, since I was her age, known that I needed a lot of regrouping time so that I had the energy. It wasn't that I was introverted particularly. I've always been kind of in between introvert and extrovert. But it was that I needed to regroup and be sure of myself mm -hmm. uh, before I took myself out into the world and um, out uh, where I would feel like I might get criticized. Um, and I was pretty sensitive for a long time. I'm not as sensitive now and feeling like my feelings get hurt easily. Um, but, uh, you know, when I was more sensitive, I definitely had to take care of myself in that way and make sure that I spent time with people um, who lifted me up and really loved who I was and also spent time alone to really gather my energy about who I was and, and who I wanted to be and where I was going on this path. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to, to kind of look at that confidence is the, like, I, I don't know, like building confidence is creating a pattern of doing like little tiny baby things. As we said, like baby steps are really important in a previous episode of just doing small things that of things that make you uncomfortable like confidence is like wanting to do something that you know might be uncomfortable and like um like the and then courage follows that with like being the reason why you do it kind of deal like it's the driving force of like you're wanting to change you're wanting to be better and so courage is what ends up get like putting you in position of wanting to follow through which will give you confidence so you're able to do that same thing again, and then it starts getting easier and easier and easier the more you do it. You have so. to know what you want. You have to have your eye on the prize. Mm -hmm. And I, I was writing about this the other day, and it's like I, the the prize is different for me in different areas of my life. Yeah, you know. So I have the prize of having a great relationship with Sarah. Now I have to keep my eye on that prize when sometimes it gets hard to work together, or you know we get frustrated with each other. Uh, but I know my ultimate goal is to have a great relationship with her, and um, I love my siblings. So. I go and see them once or twice a year because uh, they can't come see me, most of them. And so I make sure that because I really value their relationship and who they've been in my life, I make sure to nurture that relationship. So it's about knowing what my prizes are in the different areas of my life. Mm -hmm. I have friends that I just love and I want to be there for them. And um, different ones require different things from me. And I require different things from different friends. So I keep my eye on the prize of what I want in the relationship now and where I would love for that relationship to grow. 
and then I, um, I work on moving us toward that place in whatever ways I can influence that. But I'm, I make sure the other person's interested in it too. So don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to force things on people. But you have to know yourself. You have to know what the prizes are out there for you. You know, what is it that you really want that you're willing to be uncomfortable to get? Yeah. You know, for some of you, you're doing really great in your career. And you had to get uncomfortable to get there in some ways. You had to uh, work really hard or you had to study things you didn't really want to study in order to get to the next class you really wanted to study. You had to um, maybe endure a boss you didn't like in order to get to a different level so you could be the boss of those kinds of people. You know, whatever it was, you know, know yourself, know your prizes, know what your eye is on so that you've got the courage to build the confidence. Yeah. All right. Until the next time, we love you. Mwah. Mwah.